Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Uh, The way of the shepherd. And we've been looking verse by verse through Psalms 23. Now, arguably, Psalms 23 is one of the most well-known psalms in the Bible. It was written by David, of course, inspiration by the Holy Spirit, because all scripture is God-inspired, Holy Spirit-breathed. So David wrote this psalms, and David was, so King David, the David, um, he was before he was king, of course, he was a shepherd. And so when he's writing all these things, he knew what he was talking about. And so we've been looking at this um, psalm, and what what we've been seeing is God's character, how he cares for us. Um, It's actually even a a prophetic psalm uh, for uh, uh, God's plan for salvation, redemption, what you and I today can walk in and live. And we see how God cares for us. Jesus even said, I am the great shepherd, or I am the good shepherd, rather. I am the good shepherd. And so we see that Psalms 23, when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He um, makes me lie down beside still waters. He leads me to green pastures. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. And when we talk about that, he uh, restores my soul. That when it talks about that, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That this is all talking about Jesus. And, to, and last week, we, we touched on this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And we said last week, God, he is with you. That he never leaves you or forsakes you. And that your rod, it says, and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, So we're going to build on what we've talked about these last two weeks. We're going to build upon that and dive in a bit more. Um, I have a question for you. What is like comforting to you? What is something that is comforting to you? Uh, Maybe as a kid, maybe it was a teddy bear. Maybe it was a blanket. Uh, Maybe it was that nightlight that always had to be on. Maybe right now it is, uh, I circle back each week to Made by Marcus. Uh, Maybe that is what it is for you. But what comforts you? Now, something I used to do, um, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, is I had a um, high-rise window cleaning business that um, I started and built and uh, eventually did sell. Um, but So what I would do is I would actually rappel down, my team would rappel down on sides of buildings, um, and we would go, so like perfectly fine buildings that had nothing wrong with them, and we would step off. Um, and not like that, though, because that would be maybe my first time. But you'd rappel down the building, and, uh, and you would step into the unknown. And, uh, and what we'd do is we would just have a rope, a harness, 
um, and some anchors. So I have a picture of what I used to do, so you know what I'm talking about. So this one, it's maybe a little hard with the lights, but there's me on the side of the building. Notice there's no floor behind me. There's like um, a rope that's holding me, a backup rope. That's the Calgary Tower behind there. Um, another one, uh, the next one, um, this one's sort of fun. It's by Shaganapi Golf Course. And uh, so I think we're like 36 stories up. The highest I've been is 40 stories up. And uh, when I'm up that high, um, there, there, uh, there's something that actually comforts me. And it's not a teddy bear. It's not even made by Marcus Ice Cream. It isn't. Actually, what comforts me when I'm stepping into the unknown, when I stepped off of a perfectly good building, when I repelled and nothing was below me into something that could be usually, if you didn't have certain things, perilous, there were things that would comfort me. One of them was, was this, a carabiner. Now, you might not, gi- I probably would not give this to my four-year-old son and say, I know you're feeling rough, but here you go. But for me, this was comforting. Why? Because I could like hang my truck off of this. It's strong enough so that I knew that it would hold me. When I stepped off into somewhere that I didn't know, that looked a little bit like um, there's no ground here, that comforted me. The uh, next picture that they just had up there um, of uh, picture three, this is an anchor. So you would actually put a steel carabiner into this anchor that's in a bi- into the building. So that's what it would hang off of. And the ropes, then you'd tie a, a knot, a figure eight. You'd have a backup rope and another figure eight. Um, it was job security by some of your guys' face. But, uh, but that's what I would do. And this brought me comfort. Thank you, Audrey. And that brought me comfort. Why? Because when I stepped out into things that I didn't know, that that actually brought me comfort. It's strange, but when you were where I was, that was what was comforting. Um, Psalms 23 talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death. That is like, the valley of the shadow of death. And, and something that actually is comforting in the midst of the valley of shadow of death, it says what it is. And we talked about last week that there's multiple things that can put us there. Like life can just happen and we are in a valley of a shadow of death. You could be even our choices can put us there. But, but the good thing is that God is with you and he will lead you out. Or sometimes, like we said last week, is a good shepherd would take the sheep from one pasture here, then would have to walk through a valley that was barren to the new pasture. And that sometimes there are times where the Lord will lead you actually what seems like I'm going through a valley of shadow of death, this barren time, but it's not to keep you camped there. It's to bring you into what God has for you. That he's not, you're not meant to camp out. No one likes desert camping. Um, actually, we looked at Morocco, maybe desert camping, but I don't think so. Um, in life, at least. And, but to walk through. And there's something that comforts you. And David said this, because he knew this when he was, uh, when he was a shepherd. He knew what comfort. In Psalms 23, verse 4, it says this. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Last week we said God is with you. But your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I can think of a few other things that are more comforting than a rod and a staff. 
But yet David says, and David was familiar with sheep, that rod and a staff, two separate things, actually brought comfort to the sheep. And that in this psalm, it says that we are God's sheep. And so God's rod and staff, they comfort us. That as Christians, the great shepherd's rod and staff brings us comfort. Because um, ancient, ancient shepherds, they carried two tools, two tools. David had two tools. And in one hand, he had a staff. He had a staff. And the staff was a long, slender wooden thing with a hook on the end, right? Like your traditional shepherd staff. Like think of the play that your kid was in, that sort of staff, right? The Sunday school one with the curve on the end, that sort of staff. They had that. Then they also had a rod. And a rod was actually about 24 inches long, a wooden sort of mallet, mallet if you will, a wooden shaft, but it, it had a knot on the end, a wooden knot, and it was made out of a root of a tree. So dig up a root of a tree, they would, they would carve it up to make it somewhat of a, a little short club with a knot on the end. And so these two tools is what David, the shepherd, or the former shepherd, I should say, wrote in Psalms, and he described that they bring you comfort in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. Now, each tool has different purposes. The tools are, are care and authority that bring comfort. Um, and uh, the staff, really, actually, that staff, the shepherd's staff, was actually a little history here. Is it was actually a forerunner for, um, for ancient king's uh, scepters because they, ancient kings were called the shepherd of the people. So if you look even into Babylonian kings, they had a little staff because it represented the authority and it also represented the responsibility to take care of. And we actually see that, the, we see the Lord, his responsibility and authority to look after you, his sheep. That the good shepherd has a responsibility and authority to take care of his sheep. The staff is the staff of care and the rod is the rod of authority. Now, in the wrong hands, though, these sort of tools are not comforting, are not comforting. If, a sh if the wrong shepherd has um, these two tools in, that is not comforting at all. In the same way that if someone who had no idea what they're doing had a rope, a harness, a carabiner, and, uh, and they didn't know how to tie the right type of knots, it would be not um, comforting at all, and it actually would be deadly. Right? In the same way is these tools in the right hands, though, actually bring comfort, even when you go through the valley. And that is the good shepherd. So we're going to dive into these two tools, the staff and the rod, and how these two things bring you and I, his sheep, comfort. So in biblical times, shepherds used the staff, and a staff was used to lead the flock, um, to set boundaries, to rescue, and to encourage the sheep. So the first one was to lead the sheep. Now, sheep often, I, I didn't know this, like I've established the last two weeks, I had no idea in any of this stuff until I did like a deep research dive. Um, so I'm not a shepherd um, of sheep. Um, but uh, sheep often, they only focus on the grass that's right in front of them. Yeah. 
And, and so they would also, they would honestly, they would just focus on what is exactly in front of them. And oftentimes shepherds would have to give them a little nudge or a little like, hey, this way, to lead them. And they would do that with their staff. And actually the sheep's vision you, they can only see 45 feet into the distance, into further. They can only see 45 feet. So if you're looking for a visioneer, don't look for a sheep because they can only see 45 feet. And so they, they can only see so far. And so the shepherd would need to actually lead them into the right path, into those greener pastures. Because if you left it up to the sheep, they're only walking 45 feet at a time, but most of the time their head is in the green. Um, and when shepherds would take their sheep through desolate places, from a pasture to a pasture, and through this valley, if you think about it, a sheep only can see 45 feet. All what they see is barrenness around them. All what they see is uh, what's a way out of here. We're never getting out of here. As far as I can see, I just see a valley and it looks shadowy and deathy. I don't know about this. But the shepherd would then lead the sheep with a nudge saying, this is the way. Come on, sheep, tap, tap. This is the way. And at times, like the Bible compares us to sheep all the time. Oh, but at times I think we are like sheep in that we are focused or captivated at what is right in front of us. Like what is right pressing right in front of us and what is the most pressing thing. And sometimes I think, I don't know about you, but I've been in the time where I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, if you will, and all what I see is around me is that. I don't see a way out because I can only see so far. But what is right in front of us should not lead us in the direction of our life. Just because what's right pressing in front of us should not actually set the course or direction of your life. See, like driving, no one looks just five, or anybody who still has their license, does not just look five feet in front of them and say, that is how I drive. No, you look to the distance to set your course. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says this. Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says... For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That God's ways, his thoughts are higher, they're greater, they're better than what you can think. Because God knows the beginning from the end. God has an eternal perspective. So he sees the whole picture. So when we are in a place where we don't see a way out. God says, I see the whole thing. Listen, my ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. I actually see where you are to go. I will lead you. And see, God leads us by his word and his spirit. Psalms 119.105 says this. Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, his word, the Bible. But what's interesting is a lamp doesn't illuminate the whole way. Right. A lamp really, even if you got a really cool one, you're like, I got, I spent a really cool one. It only lights so far. It only lights a few steps. And then what, you take one step, oh, there's more. Take another step, oh, there's more. 
I don't know about you, but I've sometimes asked God, like, God, where is this full thing going? And I don't get that. I just get the next few steps. And I think that's how God's word is. That is, it is a lamp to our feet. He illuminates, he leads us in the path, but only a couple steps at a time. Why? Because just like those sheep, you and I can only see so far. So God, in his mercy, he's like, okay, here's two steps. Here's three steps. Okay, here's another one. And he'll lead us. In John 16, 13, it talks about that the Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you into all truth. That, that actually now that we have the Holy Spirit who leads us, who guides us. So when you're going into uncharted uh, places, when you're in a valley or even in peaks of life, you can have comfort knowing this, that God knows where you're going and he's going to lead you that he never leaves you or forsakes you, that, that, the, that Holy Spirit will lead you on the inside of where you need to go, that his word will lead you of, okay, this is the next step of where I need to go. And that's comforting to know when you don't see how do I get from A to Z. I didn't even know there was a Z. I thought we were just going A to B. But then the Lord knows. He knows where you're going and he leads you. The next thing is a staff in the hands of a shepherd, would actually set boundaries. Um, and sheep are herd animals. Like, they like to hang out together. But they tend to stray because of the reasons we stated before. Head down, eating grass, and they only see 45 feet ahead. And so they don't actually even see where their own wandering is taking them. And so when a sheep would start to wander, what shepherds would do so that the sheep stay on course is they'd use their staff to just give them a little tap on the shoulder, just a little tappity tap. And that tap would, would, would say, sheep, come back this way, come back this way. And um, if a sheep doesn't really get it, then they use the hook and <laughs> pull it over. But like sheep, I think we too can wander a little if we're left to our own. We can just, you know, I'm just doing what I'm doing, what's in front of me, and you just wander, and you look up, and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. But like sheep, we can wander a little, but the good shepherd brings us back. You know, boundaries you might think of as like limiting or ugh, like restrictive, but boundaries actually allow you freedom to live. Like when I repelled from that rope, I was so glad there were certain boundaries. Like that, that the, the rope wouldn't go around the whole building, that it held me to a certain place. That my descender would, would actually hold me and not let me go beyond a certain speed. Why? Because it kept me alive. And see, as we follow the ways of Jesus, as we allow Jesus to set the parameters for our life, it actually doesn't limit you, but it enables you to live life uh, and life to the full, not just to exist, but actually true, truly have life. You know, John 10.10 10 says, um, a thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Jesus has come that you would have life and life more abundantly. This scripture is in the context of when Jesus is saying, you're my sheep, I'm your shepherd, I am the good shepherd. And he's come that you might have an abundant life, life to the full, but that is in the ways of Jesus. And, and he also sets the parameters of how we can live. 
See, we, I think it's very easy to say, Jesus, you're savior of my life. Like, I give you my life, everything. But I think it's harder, if you will, harder. I don't know if that's the right word. But it's, it takes a bit of walking out to say, okay, Jesus, now you are Lord of my life. That, okay, I believe you are God. Uh, but now, okay, now I'm going to actually walk in what you say, and what you say is actually the final authority in my life. But I think as you do, that you actually discover that you will live life to the full. Uh, a staff also brought comfort by rescuing sheep. Um, so we established this. Sheep, they like to wander. Um, and they would get into, sheep get into precarious places. They get stuck on cliffs, in rocks. Um, they get stuck in a bush. That happens oftentimes. Sheep get stuck in the bush. What type of animal is a bush an adversary? <laughs> like, all right, Ken, watch out for that bush. It's just sitting right there, right? Like, what is up with that? But yet the shepherd would use the staff to rescue. So if the sheep veered off enough that he's on a cliff, he would use that little hook to pull the sheep up. He would, he would actually use the hook to rescue sheep from the perilous bush. And it's actually serious. If the sheep is left there, they're vulnerable to predators. They don't drink water. They're stressing out. They're having sheep trauma. And so they would be rescued by the shepherd using the staff. And the sheep, that's comforting to a sheep. Hey, he's rescuing me. And we have been rescued from sin and the wages of sin or the result of sin, which is death. In Isaiah 55, uh, 53, verse five, it says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. This is a prophecy speaking of Jesus uh, many years to come. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. That we, because of Jesus, we have now been healed. That we have wholeness that we have completeness, that we've been rescued from sin, that no longer, that he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we have comfort that we've been rescued, that eternity is secure with him. But this is comforting, I believe, to you and I. It's Romans 8, 32. It says this. It says this it's in Romans 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, right? We are redeemed uh, we are set free because of Jesus. He laid down his life for us. It wasn't taken from him. He laid it down. But uh, he uh, who, did, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See, that gives me some comfort, is that God gave him his best, his only son, God in flesh, so it's like I've paid for the, the whole thing and now it's something little now, but he paid the ultimate price. So every other thing is not too expensive for him. He's got it already. He's already gave his best. So why wouldn't he help you now? And so it gives me comfort that in all things that he is there for me, that he will rescue me. He will help me because he paid it all. That Romans 8, 38, 39 says that, um, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come. Okay, now you got the scripture up there, so I better quote it right. Nor, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That his love is, is one that doesn't give up. 
that, his, that he always comes to where we are. And that's comforting. No matter what, God is there to rescue you, to provide you. He is a rescuer because he is a good shepherd. The apostle Paul uh, knew this when he wrote in 2 Timothy 4.18 um, that, that the Lord, he would deliver him from every evil and that he would preserve him. In Psalms 34.2, it says this. Psalms 34.2 it says, uh, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. That he is our deliverer, he is our rescuer and for eternity, but also in today. And the other thing that a staff would be used for with sheep is to encourage sheep, encourage sheep. How's a staff encouraging? Um, well, sheep, as they would get tangled as sheep do in bushes, as they would wander astray and get lost and suddenly look up and where are my sheep buddies? As they would, um, if say uh, a predator tried to get them a wolf or something um, and they were rescued, there would be, uh, there would actually be, and this is in all my research, this is very true, is there'd be sheep trauma. The sheep would be shook up. They wouldn't be act their sheepy self. And so what the shepherd would do, a good shepherd would do, is he would use his staff. And he would actually, as they would travel, the sheep was over there, he would use his staff to pull the sheep close to him, to walk beside him. And then also, as they would walk, the shepherd would just rest his, his staff on the sheep to let the, shep, uh, the sheep know, I'm here, I'm with you, and comfort the sheep. The staff was to assure the sheep, hey, your protector's here, your provider's here, your guide, because that's what shepherds do, they lead the sheep, is here. And this, this reminds me of actually just yesterday with, with my son is we were in Home Depot and something freaked him out a bit. He was not okay with it. And then what did he do? He reached for my hand and suddenly everything was okay. Right, my four-year-old son, suddenly as soon as I was holding his hand, everything was okay. And that's what our Heavenly Father does. As, as, we, as the good shepherd does, as we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, that he lets us know, I'm here. I believe he pulls you, us closer. He lets us know that he's here with you. Um, I don't know if you ever had this, but maybe, like, I've had this so many times where I'm in a service, and uh, I'm like, did the speaker, like, have a wiretap on my house? Like, they're just speaking. What they're saying is, like, directly to what I'm going through, like, this week. And what is that? Like, just so you know, no, we don't. We don't have a partnership with Google or anything like that. Um, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I'm with you. That he prepares things. That's what pray every week is that the Lord would bring things that would speak right to where people are. It's not that I know of what everything, but I, but I believe the Holy Spirit does. And he'll speak right to your heart. Or the Spirit will remind us in that still small voice. Or you read a scripture verse in, in your Bible study, and it's like, whoa, how is this on this day just speaking right to me? This book was printed 15 years ago. That's the Spirit of God leading you and saying, hey, I'm here with you. You know, the last few years, Nat and I, we really went through, I would describe it as a valley of the shadow of death. And there were the little things that the Lord would do, Whereas, whether it was scriptures and it would like speak right to it. Or God would, uh, through worship, just boom, speak a word. 
or times of just feeling God's presence and knowing he's here. He's here with me. And it gave me confidence. Say, I'm going to be okay because I know God, he is with me. You know, whatever you're going through today, because we all have stuff, can I encourage you that God is with you? He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. What you're going with right now, he's with you. You know, that staff, it's, it's a staff of care as he leads you, as he sets boundaries, he rescues you, he encourages you. Now that rod, that short wooden rod with a little wooden knot on the end, now that represents the shepherd's authority. And not a good shepherd could use authority as like an authoritarian, like to beat the sheep. And that is not what the good shepherd does. That is not what the good shepherd does. Um, any good shepherd or our good shepherd. God doesn't beat the sheep. See, the rod is used to protect the sheep. His authority is used to protect the sheep. See, when a predator would come close to the sheep to try and, like Jesus even made reference to steal, to kill, to destroy, the shepherd would, a good shepherd, would protect the sheep. Do you remember that David guy I was just talking about? He wrote the psalm. When he was bragging about when he was saying, listen, pick me to, to go against Goliath. And he said, listen, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. What he killed them with would have been this rod. This little rod with a club on the end. That which means a shepherd, a good shepherd to defend the sheep couldn't just defend when there's way out there and like, back up, get back. No, the shepherd had to be right in there being willing to put his own life on the line, what? To protect the sheep. And that is what the good shepherd did. That is what our good shepherd did. In John 10.10 again, John 10.10, it says, the thief uh, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Then Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He's willing to get right in there. But a hireling, he who, does, uh, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. See ya, I'm not putting on my life online. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. But because God cares, because God cares for you, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my sheep. Jesus, he laid his life down for you and I. God is not far away in the clouds somewhere just looking at you and like, okay, good luck. No, the good shepherd was willing to get right down in the midst of everything, put on flesh and bone, come down, pay the price, and now clean and to be right in there, giving his life for you and I. And today, in the midst of the mess that happens in life, he's willing to put himself right in the midst of it to be your protector, to defend you, to be, to use his authority to protect you. God is not saying, clean up, then come to me. He's saying, listen, I'm coming to you. Come to me. See, the Lord is my defender. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3 says this. It says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and will guard you from the evil one. He will establish you and he will guard you. So as you're going through, 
Because we all do, at times, go through the valley of the shadow of death. That he is there to what? Protect you. And that's comforting. So no matter if you call it, if you see, okay, the economy's going crazy and I've got, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't see how this is going to end. What's going to happen with my job? Or maybe there's something with your family. Or maybe you see there's uh, something with your health. Or maybe it's something with your emotions and just where you are mentally. That as you're walking through that, know that he is there to protect you. God protects us. And the rod also uh, comforts, shepherds would use it, for course correction. So sheep, they wander a lot. And sometimes the sheep would go so far that they'd be out of reach of the staff. And sometimes their wandering will lead them to poisonous plants, cliffs, other dangers that, whatever you can imagine, waters that move a little bit fast, danger to sheep. So what a shepherd would do, now the shepherd would have this since they're a young one, they would be very skilled, is they would actually take this um, rod and they would throw it, but they would not throw it at the sheep. No, that's a bad shepherd. A shepherd, what they would do is they would throw the rod and they'd throw it to sort of like wake the sheep up. And whoa! And the sheep would like buy out of there and then like come back. And, and so it wasn't, a good shepherd would not throw it at the sheep, he would throw it and then, then the sheep would, would be like, oh, and come back into the flock. And I, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our righteousness. Our righteousness is who we are now in Christ. See, we are not condemned. Uh, Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. See, God does not condemn us, but he does convict us of, hey, this is who you are in God. Does this in, in scripture? Have you ever had this where you're reading something in scripture and like, oh, um, I guess I really need to course correct here. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, says this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So scripture is given by God to correct, to course correct. Now as the band comes back up, I'm going to tell you the last thing that the rod is used for. And the last thing the rod is used for is to know his sheep. And you're like, how do you do that? So sheep, back in the days of David, they would have a sheep pen made out of rocks. And it'd be sort of a circle. It'd be high enough so that sheep can't jump because sheep like to jump. But there would be no door. And like we said the first week is that the shepherd would be the door that night. He would lay in the opening. And when Jesus says, I am the way, the only way to get in, he was also, the people would understand that he is the only door to get in. But as the sheep were coming into this sheep pen at night, what shepherds would do is they would hold this rod and they would hold it low enough that each sheep would have to pass under it. And so only one at a time they would pass under. And the shepherd was doing two things. He would count his sheep. One, two, three, hopefully he didn't fall asleep. And the other thing is he would inspect the sheep. He would look at the sheep. He would know which, the, which sheep was what, but he would see is there any, any defects or is there any infections? Is there anything wrong with this sheep? Is this sheep walking wrong? Does this sheep have wool over its eyes and can't see? 
And the shepherd would know the sheep through doing this. And so when David says, your rod, it comforts me, he's saying this is, God knows you. God knows you. And that he watches you. That you and I are not just some random number to God, but that God intimately knows you. That he watches you. In John 10, 15, it says this. John 10, 15, it says, As the Father knows me, even so I am known by the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. Then verse 27 goes on to say this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. See, the good shepherd, he knows you. The creator of the universe, he knows you. And I think there's something comforting. Is that the one who said, light be, light was, who knows the beginning from the end, knows you. He knows where you're at. Where you are right now, it's not a surprise to him. Where you're walking through, it's not a surprise to him. And that where you are, that he will protect you. He knows you. And he has a path for you that will lead you to his green pastures. Like Psalms 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, whatever that is for you today, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, the Lord, he cares for you. He knows you. And he knows what you need. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support and partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.